Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I hate to say it, it's only going to be going one way, and that is Novak Djokovic will win Wimbledon this year. I can't see him losing. Simply too good. So dominant here at Wimbledon, and I reckon he's going to get two, number 24 and five Wimbledons in a row. The only person that can stop Novak Djokovic in this tournament is Novak Djokovic. Andy Murray. Oh, oh. oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. All right, Sir Andy will come on. Other than that... Djokovic against his own body. Can he keep his body fit for the whole two weeks? If he can, probably name on the trophy. She has the easiest draw out of everyone. And I feel that Iga will win Wimbledon. She had practice tournament this time. She didn't have one last year. She probably learned from her mistake. I'm going to be going for Donna Vekic, the one with the 17th easiest draw according to AI. And I'm going to be having Donna Vekic winning Wimbledon 2023. I would love to see Novak Djokovic take home his 24th Grand Slam title this year at Wimbledon. And I would like to see Sabalenka win as well. Sebastian Korda claiming his first Grand Slam title. On the women's side, I'm going past the bingo. Kicking off on the men's side, Novak Djokovic will have as many Grand Slams as there are hours in the day. And on the women's side, I'm going with Anjabur. She's going to be your women's champion. Let's go! Another big win for Novak Djokovic in the men's singles. And for the women's, I think Ons Jabeur is going to make us very happy and she's going to take the women's Wimbledon title. Djokovic's dreams of a calendar slam are going to be shattered again. And it's the little Spaniard that's going to do it. Carlitos Alcaraz will win Wimbledon. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. It's the final. That's right. All of these two weeks have gone past. Finally, two men have arrived. And it is the two best players in the world. And we've got the dream final we were all hoping for. Novak Djokovic. He's going for number eight, number 24. And he's up against Carlitos Alcaraz. Suddenly has come to life on the grass courts. 
He is a breath of fresh air, I'm telling you, and reminds me of another young Spaniard many years ago on his third Wimbledon outing, making a Grand Slam final at Wimbledon, doesn't it, JG? Yes, of course, and that Spaniard holds a very special place in my heart. If Carlos Alcaraz can do something magic, maybe he will join him. Uh, I've got a little spot right here waiting for Carlitos. I want to start with my uh, little interlude, speaking about the intro. And shout out to Covey, Roland and Liam out of everyone. Because them three all had uh, Djokovic in the final. Liam had Djokovic Alcaraz and Roland and Covey had Onsjabur winning and Djokovic winning. So they've done pretty well so far. Of course, we don't know if anyone's going to be right. Maybe um, not. But definitely one person will be right because Liam has Alcaraz winning and the other two have Djokovic winning. This is the preview, however, for this match. I did a little preview earlier, so go check that out. I didn't give my prediction. I'll be doing that towards the end of this video. And my initial reaction, you can watch it uh, on the video because that was about 10 minutes after I realised that that was going to be the final. But right now, I've digested the information and I'm still as excited as I was then. This is the two best players on tour. doesn't matter what surface it is. They're still the best two players. Novak Djokovic looks unbeatable at Wimbledon on the grass. Nobody can take a set off him and, and beat him. I mean, you've seen Rublev, he got a set. Jok uh, Herkatch got a set, but there's no conviction in these sets. You see him take it and you think, yeah, he's going to come back. And then he just gets a break the next set straight away and crushes all sense of they're in the match. Yannick Sinner today, he just could not compete. It was like watching men versus boys. Yeah, I would agree. And it's a sense of inevitability when you see Djokovic on the court at Wimbledon, especially on centre court where the last time he lost was against Andy Murray in the final in 2013, 10 years ago. It's crazy. When you think 10 years, think how long a time that is to have last lost on centre court. And Djokovic, he just doesn't look like losing when he comes up against anybody else. And you might even be able to put Alcaraz in that in that bracket as well because we've seen him play on his favoured surface against Djokovic at Roland Garros and he came up short there, but he's always improving. And this is the one thing with Carlos Alcaraz at the moment, which is exciting. And this is why this was the match we had to see because I don't think anybody else on the tour is competitive with Djokovic in a slam right now, uh, especially on these Australian, maybe Roland Garros and Wimbledon. We need someone to step up and challenge him. I think the US Open's more open, but these ones, I feel that the grass court he's not, hasn't had a challenger for ages. And finally, I think we might have an exciting matchup for Novak Djokovic. And it is, as Liam said, the young Spaniard. I don't think it's anything to do with the grass, though. Um, no. I feel it's just because Carlos Alcaraz is simply that good. Getting I don't better. feel like he's become a grass court player now. He's just one of the best best players in the world. And because yeah. it comes with the territory of being one of the best players in the world, that you can compete on any surface. Agreed. And 
yeah, just going back to the Djokovic cinematch, we'll maybe speak about that one first and we'll go through some Djokovic stats before we speak about Adkaraz Medvedev because I've got a lot to say about that. And I was a bit disappointed, in fact, in some of your lines in the commentary earlier because, well, we had a debate off air and I disagree with a lot of what you said. Well, we, we will get into that it. later on. But <laughs> Djokovic, Yannick Sinner, it started off and I had... I had quite a bit of hope that maybe we're going to get a competitive match. My prediction was Djokovic to win in five sets. I think you went Djokovic in four. Yeah. But instantly, the first few games, we saw Yannick Sinner constantly looking at the floor. He was looking at the floor. He was uncomfortable. He was sliding around. He kept banging his feet. Uh, I don't know what there's something wrong with his shoes. or He just looked super uncomfortable out there. He looked a bit nervous. He kept going to the net. And it was just a catalogue of errors. Me and you covered the live watch along for the first hour and 40. And he never looked like he was ever going to win the set at all in them first two sets. The third set, things turned around a little bit. And Djokovic actually become a little bit um, complacent, maybe. I don't know. I thought he wasn't at his best in the third set in spells. And he gave opportunity for Sinner to have two set points. What did Sinner do? He just blew it. And, I mean, how many times can you get a chance against Novak Djokovic or Wimbledon? You can well, count on hand. You have a few chances. If you don't take them, he'll ace you, he'll punish you. Like, there's yes. no, there's no like, oh, don't worry, I'll get another one in a minute. You need to take them. Otherwise, there's no chance. And that, that will be the same with Adkaraz, by the way, in the final. If Djokovic presents any opportunities, if he has a lapse in concentration or things aren't going quite his way for a few minutes, it's never longer than that, or even seconds in tennis, you need to take them. Otherwise, it's going to be too late and you're going to find yourself two sets down or down a break in a decisive set and it's a long way back from there with the way he serves on grass. It definitely is. This is the thing. I know about Djokovic clutch in big moments, and we saw it again today. The set points, I know Sinner is partially to blame for maybe not making the most of it, but we know that Djokovic, he sort of holds his nerve in those big moments, and he rode them out. He was able to just put Sinner under the pressure, enough needed just to get the errors. And this is just Djokovic through and through, and as soon as that happened... Obviously, the hostile crowd, that type of thing. I mean, we've yeah. got some tweets. We need to that talk we, about that for sure. We can we can get to. And obviously, his response. He had, I don't like it. I'm going to be vocal about why I don't like it. Obviously, the crowd want a match. We get it. We And Djokovic doesn't really give you too much of a match because you sort of, everybody there is assuming he's just going to win anyway. Doesn't mean that when it's on set point and he's just had his first serve, that you prevent him having his second serve by constantly uh, shouting stuff out. And then um, afterwards, somebody even shouting, go on Rafa. And then he had to pause again for everyone to laugh. Uh, And then after that, Djokovic manages to save the set points, obviously holds serve. And then this reaction from Djokovic to all of the butthurt fans that were hoping he would lose the set. I liked it. I, th- I like the fact Djokovic is playing to the crowd and saying, you want me to lose, but you're just not getting your wish, are you? So 
Yeah, I think this round it was more evident than all of the other rounds combined. Like, yeah, I've never seen the crowd so vocally against him this tournament. Of course, we've seen it many years on many tournaments, but this year it was certainly the most vocal they were against. Would him. they do that to Roger Federer? Do you think against Yannick Sinner? Obviously not. Exactly. They're never. Yeah, but it's because I don't. I don't feel like Novak Djokovic is is that liked. With the mass tennis fan, that's just how that? it is. I know people don't people don't want to admit that, and people always. I, I'm gonna get so many comments in here saying, "Oh, what are you talking about?" I'm not saying that's my case. I have a lot of respect, and I like him a lot. No, He's but why do you think the masses player. don't aren't so in favour of him? I don't know what it is. I think I know could, what I, it is. I think it's a lot of media. Part, yeah, the media I, did, I said this yesterday, it. Ben. I said this yesterday. Yeah. The media have not done him any favours. He's not been marketed no. correctly. Um, there's not enough positive stories shown about him. They're not talking about how, what the big thing about Novak Djokovic, what they should be portraying in the media is that he's a man who's 36 years old, right? Yep. And he's moving like he's about 24 or 23 in the prime yeah. of his life. He's so flexible. He, he really takes care of his body. His body is a temple and nobody yep. is able, not, from an athlete's perspective, I don't think there's any athlete as athletic as Novak Djokovic. No. Across any sport. So why are we not... Why is everyone not talking about that? Why don't you have admiration for his physical ability more than anything? Even yeah. if you don't want to talk about his mental side, which is clearly the strongest on tour by some distance, from a physical standpoint... There's no one you can compare him against, yeah. and I feel that is exactly. where we're really losing out as a as a as a world as a as a collective tennis fans because that is where we need to be really encouraging him. However, he's not been portrayed like that, and he's not always the most popular in Grand Slams. Certainly no. at Wimbledon, Wimbledon's a big one. He, oh. I've seen him so many times getting booed and not liked. If Rafa was playing, if Federer was playing, there would be. 85% of the crowd favouring them over him. Always. That's just the way yeah. it is. But that's exactly it. There should be programmes that are dedicated to anal analysing Novak Djokovic and his body, I feel. Like, that's that's yeah. how crazy that what he has achieved at this age. And why is there not more spoken about it? Because for me, somebody playing at that age in any sport and playing, it's not even just saying like, oh, it's like saying some football players, like, oh, they, they played to the age of 40. Oh, yeah, but he had to stop playing down the wing and he went into a defensive midfield role or something like Ryan Giggs. Yeah. No, he's playing the better than anybody. It's like saying... Like, and with all the technology as well, the rackets, the balls are coming up, coming back faster. Kids of today are supposedly stronger. Um, I don't know if that's even true based off what I've seen, but He's defying odds. And I think the most impressive thing, forget the age at all, really, yeah. is that time after time, we see tennis players and they go for a few rounds in a grand slam. And if they've had a long, long match in the in the round before, we say, oh, they probably went out because they're a bit fatigued. Or you can see them like yeah. a bit tired. Eubanks was a bit suffering after all this. He goes every single grand slam <laughs> to the end. And you can never, ever say, oh, he just run out of energy. And he <laughs> just doesn't ever. <laughs> and that is the biggest reason he's able to do that is because he clearly takes care of his body better than anyone else. 
I want to try and put it into like a perspective. This is like saying, I try and think of like one of the greats. This is like saying Lionel Messi, let's put this, let's say Lionel Messi plays at the top of his game. And in football terms, you'd have to go even later because I reckon Lionel Messi plays until he's 45 and still is the top goal scorer in Europe in the Champions League, wins the World Cup. And he's the best player in the world still at 45 or so. That's the reality of what Djokovic is doing in tennis right now. But why are people not speaking about that enough? They, they need to be speaking maybe about it more. Maybe 42. Yeah, maybe. Down. Maybe I've gone a bit over the top. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm, I'm exaggerating. Are you hitting it? That's your age. Is that why I'm 45? That's exactly it. That's why I'm always uh, up and down on a tennis court. You know me. Like Djokovic is... Uh, uh, long lost brother. Uh, <laughs> but, no, but back to this image, I don't see yes. anything wrong with it. He was just going back to the crowd. They were giving it to him and I think he replied in the best way. I'm not angry. I think it's brilliant. Uh, moving on, next one. Uh, Bastian Facken put a tweet out from Djokovic, a quote, and he said, sorry, uh, what was your question? Because I heard hindrance. <laughs> I heard a hindrance. So this I like- was, yeah, I think, yet again, very funny, comical in the moment. Let's talk about the incident of the hindrance. Yeah. We both watched it in real time live. Yeah. He was a bit shocked and surprised that it was called. It probably was a hindrance. Yeah. I think it, it, I think it is a hindrance, but the problem is it's not called on a regular basis. I mean, Sabalenka, you could probably pick about 10 a match from her. Yeah. Earlier on in the tournament, one of the shots of the tournament uh, from Rublev, Bublik hit a, was it, a backhand down the line and yep. made a massive. Uh, groan went on for about five seconds maybe five seconds is pushing it but a long time Yeah, and then Rublev got the ball back but Rublev won the point I mean he wasn't given a hindrance that, that is a hindrance as well so my issue is the consistency with the rules if it's going to be a case that you can do it to everyone fair play but this umpire it, it was a bit unfair because clearly he doesn't do it to everyone he's just done it to Djokovic here and I yeah. don't like it for that reason same thing happened then a little bit later on with the time violation. Yeah, it's there's part of me that feels if you're a player that makes a hell of a lot of noise for every single shot, he wouldn't have got pulled up for that. But he doesn't make any noise pretty much for the whole match, and then he just did one and did it a bit wrong because he. It seems like to me he was holding his breath or something when he hit it, and then he just went ah, afterwards, and then. He was like, oh, it was like a delay of half. Do you a agree? It is a hindrance. Yeah, I think it was a. There was a. There was a gap. So in hindsight, I thought you could probably have let it slide because it didn't really change anything. In but, hindrance sight. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Maybe that's a new thing. <laughs> hindrance sight. I like that. <laughs> Pop that. That'd be the name of the pod. <laughs> that's for our uh let's get to the next one predi- our predictions we'll have that in hindrance site as well <laughs> right so um this one for novak Djokovic again juan ignacio we know he tweets a lot about the wta yeah. but this one's about Djokovic, and he's 58 wins two losses in his last 60 slam matches i mean is he the goat ben for you Definitely. I mean, there's not many Ooh, people that can have this. This statistic is crazy. 
58 wins, two losses. In that, this is going over all surfaces. This isn't just going over one or or two. This is all of them. And he's managed to only lose two matches. And one of them was a final. And one of them was to the greatest clay court player ever. So I don't think I'm going to can... say the goat, Ben. I found the down. The, the clay goat. Throw that yeah. in there. Maybe the tennis goat, but I'll just put it in there. I don't know. I think there's going to be some arguments in the comments section now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do it for my friend Yugoslav. That's it. He loves them. He definitely does. Gary will probably agree with you. I'm sure. sure that's it for sure. But yeah, amazing statistics. I love seeing things like this. And I think it's only going to be more impressive the, the longer this goes on. Um, the next year, who knows? We might be seeing Djokovic with more uh, deep runs in slams, maybe more Grand Slam titles as well. So I can't wait to see what's on the horizon for him, if I'm perfectly honest. All right, this one next. So Djokovic Wimbledon finals before 34, uh, after 30, Wimbledon finals five. So just showing <laughs> that he's not getting any worse. In fact, he's getting better. Some people might say, the reason that's happening is because there's no Federer. And I'm right. sure that's a lot of Federer's fans' argument looking at this stat. And it's a valid one. But then you look at maybe the other slams, um, where I guess still no Federer, but he wasn't as dominant as he was at Wimbledon. And he's still doing it there as well. So I, I don't even really want to read into the fact that Federer's not here now. No. I think it is a case of Djokovic's hit his peak and then maintain the level and at times surpassed it. I think I don't think the level of Djokovic we've seen the last sort of what five years or so has been not his peak tennis. I think it's hard to say it's not been because he's just been sublime. Yeah. And there's times I've watched him and I think you can't do any more. I think he gets better. I think he is getting I, better. Do you think this is the best he's ever been then? Maybe post Ferto. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I feel that he has so much more experience. He has so much more big match experience as I well. Think the for serve's Sam. got better. Oh, definitely. The yeah. serve is such a weapon these days. And what we were both sort of saying earlier on, like when you watch him on the court Wimbledon, he he adjusts to the surface of how it's playing so much better. Like Sinner couldn't adjust to that yeah, surface. Exactly. He was slipping everywhere. Djokovic used the surface in it's almost I think a lot of that court. is experience, though. Yeah, I do think for sure. it, a lot of it is just be in there in the situation. It's Sinner's first ever Grand Slam semi-final, not just yeah. Wimbledon. Djokovic has been to what the record now. So it's a big difference, isn't it? And you could see that. I thought experience certainly won that semi-final and then the master for Djokovic. I think the one big question, which is probably looming in a lot of people's minds is, when will be the time that Djokovic starts to get found out by some of these younger players because at the moment it seems like he's leaps and bounds above everybody and that's the thing well i'm glad you asked because there is a guy in the final who i think <laughs> may find him out and actually get the better of him it's carlos alcalas are we on that segment yet uh we uh well uh let's go to this one because this, this sort of feeds segue. into it <laughs> yeah. So Novak Djokovic on facing Carlos Alcaraz in Wimbledon final. He's young. He's hungry. I'm hungry too. So let's have a feast. Bring your <laughs> knife and fork. Get a beer in the other hand, and get ready because this is gonna be 
a tennis banquet, let Oof. alone a feast. I cannot wait. And I am so hopeful that we're going to get more than three sets. I don't think it's going to be a repeat of Roland Garros, which, let's be honest, was disappointing in the end. I know you was like, oh, the first set was really good. It was disappointing. Setting the match. Bit. Yeah, but the match was just disappointing. I didn't want to see it end like that. This one has the makings of being a five-set thriller. The other one did as well, but I I have a feeling it could just do it, man. It's written in the stars. It could be. It's. I like the fact that it is somebody young and with so much hype and excitement, and somebody rephrase that. Somebody, give him a name. This guy is Carlos Alcaraz. He's not a somebody. Daniel Medvedev (laughs) described him. Daniel Medvedev described him as like one of the other guys, like one of the big three type. He's like, oh, you got Rafa, you got Djokovic, you've got Carlos Alcaraz. He's one of them. Not yet, but he, he will be. He's one honest. of them, I'm telling he's you. He's coming now. up. He's coming up. I'll eat, right I'll eat this hat on a stream if he's not one of them. He's definitely got the he same DNA. He will be one of them. He, yeah, he has the DNA. That's what the one thing which I can definitely agree on. I feel that we keep saying I never that felt has... like this about Dominic Team, Sister Pass, Medvedev, Zverev. This guy is one of them. He is. And like Banch is saying here, the two best players on grass right now, Djokovic and Alcaraz. Two best players on clay, Djokovic and Alcaraz. Two best players on hardcourt, Djokovic and Alcaraz. They're the two best guys, regardless of the surface. And I would agree. I feel that they're the most dangerous players that you could come up against in any tournament. And for different reasons as well. The experience of Djokovic, how clutch he is. And for Alcaraz, he can just sort of blow people off the court. That's the one factor in this final, which is going to be, it's almost like watching, I'm going to compare it to, I like an analogy, compare it to a boxing match where you've got like a knockout puncher versus somebody who's just technical. And that's the way I sort of see this one. Alcaraz, firepower, could try and knock his head off. And Djokovic with just accuracy and just he can go for the full 12 rounds and that type of thing. I feel like it's one of those type of matches. But yeah, he does have the firepower, Carlos Alcaraz, but he's also got the most delicate of touches. He does. Which nobody else has on tour. Floats like a butterfly, stings like a bee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and his drop shots are just out of this world. Ali of the tennis world, Carlos Alcaraz. <laughs> I'm hoping he just gives that knockout blow uh, on Sunday. But let's talk about Daniel Medvedev, Carlos Alcaraz, because there's a lot to speak about here. I know yeah. you and Zach covered the match. I was unable uh, to, unfortunately, because I was working. I did get to watch the match uh, and I got to listen to your commentary. And I'd like to start off by saying, I don't know what, what you was talking about. I really don't know what you was talking about. I feel you was getting wrapped up in what Zach was saying. You then no. ended the stream. You called me and you were slagging off Daniel Medvedev. Yeah, I was. You was very, very harsh on him. I don't think so. You made, you made me question what I was watching. I then watched today at Wimbledon on the BBC and there was an extensive... Uh, highlight show just showing some of the big moments three minutes was it no it was an extensive (laughs) highlight show I then had to see what both players had to say in the press room and my opinion's not changed I don't know what you was watching 
And I know I wear glasses sometimes, but maybe it's time for you to go to Specsavers and Ooh. find out if you need glasses because clearly, <laughs> clearly there was something drastically wrong. So let me hear, what, what was your argument about Daniel Medvedev today? Well, where do I start? Uh, I'm going to start off by saying um, Carlos Alcaraz played exceptionally well today. Oh, and, it's we not, covering, and it's covering not covering all bases. I'm, I'm not covering all bases because I want to put it into perspective why I was so annoyed. I feel that you're looking at the match and looking at how well he's playing. But I look in, I'm looking at the match, seeing him hitting amazing shots, but also seeing somebody who I rate as one of the best returners in the game, one of the best players on tour, not playing to his potential in Daniel Medvedev. And today, he didn't turn up. That's my personal opinion. I feel that Alcaraz played brilliantly, but Medvedev did not make it competitive. He didn't make adjustments to the same problem he had throughout the whole match, which was standing six metres behind the baseline, and it didn't work for the first two sets. So why did he still think it was going to keep working for the whole of the third set as well? Alcaraz has about two or three seconds to get all the way to the net before Medvedev even hit the ball. And he's there to just volley it away every time. It's the most ridiculous tactics I think I've ever seen from Daniel Medvedev. Step in and stop being so far behind the baseline. Here is a graphic where you'll oh, see. Oh, here he goes. Here. This is the tweet he didn't want to share with me. This is it, mate. Look, look where he returns from. 18 feet, and some of them are further back. 20 feet behind the baseline he's returning. This is ridiculous. What set is this? It's the first set. This is for the this is for the match from what I see. This ESPN. So he only returned that amount of balls. Well, whatever it is, this is where he's returning so from. So you've got you an image see... you don't know the information for. Well, anyway, you can see where he's returning from. This didn't change throughout the match. And it did. if you were watching the whole match, I did. then you would have seen it. And it did change. It so didn't change. It did change because no, the, first, the first set, he was drastically miles behind the baseline and he was getting exploited with, the, with more drop shots than I've ever seen before. Alcaraz was literally toying with him. And there was a time when he hit, I think it was three drop shots in a row to clinch the game. And Medvedev still wasn't making any adjustments. However, he did begin to make some adjustments. Cue my tweet, Ben, the one I sent you. Which one? The the uh, Al Alcaraz fiend? Yep. Okay, here we go. And a lot of talk today has been about Medvedev's returning position. Many urged him to step up on the baseline. When yeah. he did, he was... Uh, as I expected, unsuccessful. He returned 0% of it, uh, 0 and 7. Here's every single time he stepped up to return Carlos's serve. This is a video we can't show you, but you can search for that tweet on Twitter and watch it in full. He did it seven times, Ben, and every single one fouled when he come in towards the baseline. And the reason I felt he had to be so far back is because he was playing the world number one, who is in inspired form, who's crushing the ball right now, and he couldn't afford to play that close to the baseline because he would be swept away like everyone else. Well, if he, he was stand giving on himself, the baseline, yeah. He was giving well, himself six, a little bit more there's time. A, there's, a mid, there's a mid ground, do you realise that? He stands six metres or on the baseline. How about no, no, goes two metres behind? Stream, on the stream, he was calling for Medvedev to step in and, yeah. and, and attack some of the shots. 
No, not attack. Just to step in and block it back. I was saying block it back. He's trying to do his big whipping forehands back. Stop doing that. No one's doing that in this tournament who's been successful. They're blocking it back. That's what they do. You block it back. You block it back deep. You make your opponent go onto the back foot or at least have a more difficult second shot. You've got to angle your returns. You're talking about an absolute world-class player in Daniel Medvedev, one of the best players this exactly. year. Who is an outstanding talent. Still learning I grass, I feel though. he's really struggling against Alcaraz at the moment, just oh, like yeah, Stefano sure. Sissipas is. He does is. that make Sissipas not a good player? Of course it doesn't. Sissipas, do you look, does he look like he's ever going to beat Alcaraz? No. Does Medvedev look like he is at the moment? No. But he's going to have to find a way to do it. Well, Medvedev's and... first serve today was only at 59%. That's not good enough. You're not going to win on the grass yeah. court with his attributes I, I'm not, without a good first serve. I'm not here saying Medvedev had played a great match. I'm not saying that by no means. I thought he was very average and Adkalaz was extremely high level. Oh, but for you to come out, for you to say like, oh, he was terrible today. He was just, I don't really agree. I thought he just got blew, he just got blew away by an, a fantastic player. And in the third set, in fact, he showed a lot of fight to come back from free love down. He forced it back. I granted, the thing got broken again, but it was yeah. Adkalaz playing with so much freedom. You saw it on match point. I mean, out of all of the match points we've seen this far, this year at Wimbledon, you could probably say the Adkalaz match point against Medvedev was the best one of the tournament on match point. It was great. I, and I it, loved it. Highlighted everything about him: the short balls, the long balls, the running, the movement. He moves so well. Yeah, it's Medvedev. Amazing. He moves ridiculously well for someone of his height. But then when you see him against Adkalaz. It makes him look like someone who's just a bit He static. doesn't have enough power as well to play Alcala. I feel that that's the one thing he lacks when he plays Alcala. It's because of the wind-up, because of all of the, the technique. Medvedev's style actually plays very well against a lot of players on tour. Yeah, I don't think it's amazing against someone like an Alcaraz. And he needs to terrible. find a way to suit him because the me matchup of Medvedev Alcaraz at the moment is so lopsided. You could probably make a case it's more lopsided than Sissipas Alcaraz. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Insane. However, Djokovic Alcaraz, that matchup, honestly right. has the making to be one of the best we've ever seen. Yes. It really does. It gives shades of Rafa on the Dow versus Djokovic. I think I think that is the greatest matchup ever. Rafael Nadal, Djokovic, I wouldn't even include Federer in there. Of course, he's had fantastic matches, but them two together, that's when I've seen some of the best stuff. I think Alcaraz has an ability to maybe go closer. And here we go, right on cue, Bastian Fakin. 2006, 20-year-old Rafael Nadal of Spain made his third Wimbledon appearance, reaching a maiden final versus three-time defending champion Roger Federer. Wind on how many years? What, 17 years? And 20-year-old Carlos Adclaz of Spain, making his third Wimbledon appearance, reaches a maiden final versus four-time defending champion Novak Djokovic. Do Madness. we need to say any more, Ben? Yeah, I mean, it's just... The parallels, of, it's been happening the whole time, by the way. They're and trying to why, escape it, aren't they? This is why <laughs> I just escape. generally believe that this guy is the new big free... Like Medvedev's right, he is going to be one of them guys. He can't escape the the comparison, even though he keeps on that. Neither of them want the comparisons, but Alcaraz keeps on achieving the same things at the same ages and doing exactly the same thing. Like this one, like he obviously no one saw Rafa as a grass court player either at the time. 
but he was the same like you were saying you're just that good at tennis that you can get to any slam final if you just play your best tennis and right now i feel that on grass he had a tough draw alcalaz we got to remember that it wasn't like a like a cakewalk like Djokovic's one was tough-ish, but I'd say Alcaraz's one was tougher to make it to the final. And he had to come through Berrettini. I mean, that's not an easy yeah. matchup. He had to come through Jarry, who I've said to you off stream, I think that that was his toughest match of the whole entire tournament. I thought Jarry played incredibly well. I can't wait to see what Jarry does next year now. An amazing grass court player. And I know people were criticizing you saying, oh, when you said about Jerry being maybe better than her catch, um, I feel that there's it's not much in it. I'm not going to lie. No. I feel that it's pretty close. Jerry's very good at the moment. That's all I was getting at. I don't know if he's better than her catch, but it's just like but he's... I know I said that, but that's just the way he is at the moment. Like he's in a really good spot of form. He's yeah. serving well, and he has the ability to learn to play on the grass. Watch out for the clay as well. He's, he's a serious player, Jerry. He's very got the good. ability to be a top 10 the way he's playing at the moment. And just right on cue with what you're talking about at the Alcaraz run, if you go to Vanch's tweet, it highlights how maybe it's really helped him having a run like this because he got tested against Rindeneck in Queens, yep. who's a big server Lost and a good set, player. Though, didn't he? he was good. He played really well. And it was a good sort of warm-up for Wimbledon. Big he then server. had Jarry at Wimbledon, yep. uh, was probably the best possible thing for his tennis and building his grass court acumen. Elite returning, reading big serves, practicing his amazing backhand slices, drop shots, drop volleys, spot serving, huge. Slice has come on very, very well this tournament. But his movement is just brilliant now on the grass. And this is all of these things combined really does make for an exciting final. The only problem I have about all of this is what happened at Roland Garros worried me because I didn't think I, it, it took me by surprise. Yeah. And I was speaking to my dad about it, actually, at the dinner table today. <laughs> and he said, what Ooh. happens a lot in cycling, because he's a big, he really enjoys cyclists, uh, cycling, the Tour de France, Tour d'Italia. There's many times you have some of the best cyclists in the world and they get to a certain stage and they can't cycle anymore. And it's really crushing. I mean, their legs don't move. The bike yeah. doesn't move at all. Because you get to a situation where the cramps or uh, the lack of salt, I'm yeah. not sure the exact terminology, what causes it, but there's a word in Italian which he used, which I don't even remember now. But <laughs> it happens where you just literally run out of steam yeah. and the tension, the pressure of the occasion gets to you and you can't move. That's what happened to Carlos Adeclaz quite clearly at Roland Garros. Has he now conditioned his body and prepared mentally to avoid the cramping and tension to creep in again here, we'll have to wait and see. Because I don't think you can judge any of the other matches because he's not played Djokovic. And it's only ever going to come on if he plays Novak Djokovic. Yes. Because there's only one of him and he is Most something definitely. special. So we'll have to wait and see whether that's going to rear its ugly head again. If it doesn't, and maybe this tweet's perfect for it because he's had a really good preparation and he seems like physically everything's going great. And after the post-match, uh, after the match and the post-match interview on court, I did tweet it out. He said how he feels, I'll have to maybe just read it out because I don't remember it exactly. Yeah, I but, think I remember seeing you tweet it out as well. 
I think I'm... Yeah, so he said, fight and talk. This is what I wrote. Fight and talk from Adi Kalaz. There's no time to be afraid. There's no time to be tired. Um, yeah. That, for me, when he said it, I screamed. I was like, come on. Let's do it. It gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I was just so gassed and like, Carlos can do this. Come on. There it is. Right, yeah. so fight and talk. There's no time to be afraid. There is no time to be tired. Well, there was one thing I was thinking, though, in that match against Medvedev as well. It was one phrase which, I don't know, it kept ringing through my head, but I didn't get a chance to say it, and I thought I'll save it for this, which is, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And I feel that this is the thing for Carlos Alcaraz right now. Like, this is a big opportunity for him, and he is the only person, like, the only man enough person to take on Djokovic right now. Nobody else. I, I don't I don't care who you're going to throw in there. No Daniel one else Medvedev. Daniel Medvedev no. can compete with Djokovic. Bro. Not at Wimbledon. Maybe, maybe, we don't know. Not after that performance. No. He wasn't terrible, Ben. He just, he wasn't yeah, great, no. He would look, have, if, if he you, played if like he swap- did today, he would have lost against Djokovic. I would have rather have swapped the opponents. So we had Sinner versus Alcaraz and Medvedev versus Djokovic. We might have had two five-setters. Who knows? But there's no guarantee. We might have still had two three-setters the yeah. way these two are playing. <laughs> yeah. This is the problem. They're, They're the, the best, best two players. players. So I'm happy exactly. that's the final we've got. I agree with that. Exactly right. So let's move on to this one. Um, this one was just a statistical one, which they're uh, talking about Alcaraz. Oh, and... you love them, didn't you? Well, this one, he, him and Medvedev are the only two players to have won over 40 matches uh, this year, which was incredible in itself. But Alcaraz, quite clearly, remarkable. Uh, he's played 50 matches, won 46, didn't play Australian Open or Monte Carlo, and he's on track to have one of the best win percentages uh, seasons in the Open era if he keeps this up. 92% win rate. It's just unreal. He's that it's good. Fighting. And he's world number one for a reason. Yep. And that's why I didn't see the Djokovic loss at Roland Garros. I didn't see it coming in the way it did. Of course, it's normal to lose against Djokovic, but I didn't expect it to happen like that. No. Yeah, I'm, I, I've, I've said so much already. I don't really know where to go next with this. You can tell I'm excited. I think he can turn a corner. He's clearly been just phenomenal this year. Oh, amazing. And I just hope that he can keep calm in pressure situations, play his tennis, which we know and love. And then if he loses, he loses. But that's all I really want. Selfishly, that's all I... Because who am I to say what I want from someone? He's his own man and his own player and he's got his own career ahead of him. But as a tennis fan... If he can just get through this match and he can leave saying, you know what, I've given my all. My body didn't give up. Um, I was able to go toe-to-toe and produce some of my best tennis. Then I'll, and, it, and if he loses, don't mind. That I'm more, more than the happy best with that. Thing that That's happened all to him. I want. Might have been the best thing that happened to him, that Roland Garros thing. They say in Maybe. life, yeah. you learn more from your losses it's than you true, do yeah. from your wins. So he would have learned a lot about his body in that match against Djokovic. That's and true, now yeah. he makes the adjustment. His team looked at that and probably thought, what did we do wrong there? How do we correct that? Wimbledon's not going to be the same as Roland Garros. It's not gonna, you're not going to have a four or five hour 
well, maybe, uh, you're not probably going to have as uh, as longer sets. The, the rallies aren't going to be as long. It's a quick points there. It's on grass. It's faster. So I feel that the points are shorter. You're not going to get drawn into those grueling long rallies like you have on the clay court. That's, I mean, it suited Djokovic down to the ground because Alcaraz hadn't ever been in that situation with Novak Djokovic before. He has now on clay. Now it's going to be on a faster surface. Will that suit Carlos Alcaraz? The roof will maybe be closed, probably. Yeah. That suits big hitters, big servers as well. So it suits Djokovic as well. I mean, it's... it didn't look bad for Alcaraz today, so I'm not going no. to read into the roof at all. I think it's going to be not going to play much of a factor. But another thing I want to say as well is think back to the beginning of the year. Carlos Alcalaz, he was the world number one. He was going to have his first ever world number one um, ranking going into a Grand Slam. That was going to be the Australian Open. He got uh, got an injury. It was bad enough to rule him out of a Grand Slam. After that, when he came back, some people might be a little bit tentative and you might think, oh, how is this? He also missed the ATP finals as well before. Yes, correct. And after winning the US Open. So just think about that. He came back and you think, oh, is he going to be quite fit enough? He's had two injuries in the space of two months. He came back and he what? He won Buenos Aires, got in another final in Rio, won Indian Wells, uh, lost to... Lost to Cam Norris. Yeah, lost to Sinner in Miami. He won Barcelona. He won Madrid. Uh, Rome, freak lost to Marazan. We'll let him <laughs> off for that one. Weird, and yeah. then... And then the Djokovic lost at uh, Roland Garros. And since then, he hasn't lost. So, <laughs> not bad, just is it? An, it's, it's incredible to come back. Because no one even probably remembers the fact he was not even playing the Australian Open due to injury. But no, this yeah. is somebody who, when you have belief, he's probably still, these players carry injuries. He's probably still carrying something. You never know with tennis players. But he's got mental strength. No, that's what makes him with the same DNA as a Djokovic as a Nadal, as a Federer, they all, they fight through the pain. Yeah, well, let's go to Medvedev, the Medvedev tweet, because let's he speaks about it. Carlos Alcaraz. Oh, can't have I got it in there. That's the so it's not that one, that's the one next. <laughs> so this one is also, it is from yeah, that one Relevant well. Tennis. Relevant Tennis. I bet I haven't got it up there, have I? Right. Bear with me. Go to the strawberry one first. Yeah, we'll do this I'll... one while you get that up. That's fine. So if you go down a tad, so the, this is the this is pretty much what he was saying. I know I, I tweeted one out, but this is an extension to it. He was like, I will believe in myself that I can beat him here. It's going to be a tough challenge, but I dream about playing, to go down, a final here since I started playing tennis. And it has been a big dream for, it's not just our class, all players, they look at Wimbledon, it's the all-white, it's the special final. And it's clearly been a dream of his to be able to make just a final. He wants to go one step better though, because it's Carlos Alcaraz, And he's always said he wants to be considered as one of the greats of the game. Yes. And I think if he can do what Rafa was unable to do in 2006, because let's remember, yeah. Rafa lost that final to Federer. He then got to the final the year after in 2007. Um, and lost that one to Federer. Let me just bring this up because I forget then. And then the year after 2008, then he the, beat Federer. The yes, big it, was one. Three, it was the three finals in a row between the three of them. Lost the first two, got better in the in the one in 2007. It was a bit closer. And then yeah. 2008, well, probably one of the greatest matches of all time. 
most definitely i mean you don't really get rallies like that on grass courts these days um incredible well hoping we see some sunday yeah i think that we will i feel that these two are so good that they never give up on a point and that's the one thing that we've seen from alcalaz all week is he runs everything down always makes you play another shot Djokovic the same so we're always going to see you have to play one more you have to play one more and it it just puts the element of doubt in your opponent's head that you're never going away which neither of them do right i've got this other one up now yeah we go. we'll do this one and then we will move on to our preview and prediction if you're watching this before the big match make sure hit that like button subscribe <laughs> if you're new we will be live me and ben very soon to cover the play-by-play of this special match if you're not watching before the match and it's just on the video still like the video and we'll see you Sunday. We've still got the women's final to play as well tomorrow. Yeah, we do. I'm excited about that one too. That one, we obviously have Jabir Von Drusova. Should be a cracker. This so one, Medvedev on the... Adkalaz in post-match interviews. He is a very strong player. He is kind of like them, the big three. And he is still 20. Already has one Grand Slam, playing great. Been number one for many, many weeks. Against someone like Carlos Novak Rafa, you need to be at your best. So we've got Daniel Medvedev. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Yeah. Grouping all them great names with Carlos Adkalaz. I think that highlights how special he is. I definitely do think that he is very, very special. The one thing that he has in abundance is the power. And that's just, it just showed today. It and was, the touch. It's a combination know, the, of power, touch, power, it touch. Was just, it's just bullying. I feel that his serve has really come on well. And that's what, what I wanted to uh, allude to. Maybe last year when we we were at Wimbledon, remember, Carlos Alcaraz had to uh, answer his first question of the whole tournament. And his <laughs> his serves come on leaps and bounds since that tournament. Do you, know, do you remember what that question was? And so who asked it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because for those who don't know... I officially asked Carlos Alcaraz his first ever question at Wimbledon. Was it his first ever one? At that year. Because yeah. it was the year the year before. But yeah, yeah. the first ever question that year. So I can't say ever. First question <laughs> that year at Wimbledon. It yes. was before the tournament began. It was in the warm-up days before when he was on the practice courts. There's a little press conference. I got in and I asked him about his serve. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it was like um, I was doing this uh, kick serve, I believe. Something about the kick serve. Yeah. I don't know. He's I, come I on leaps and bounds his kick serve since that date. So I thought you I might want so to take nervous. a look. Are you going to get into mouth, the... as I said it? <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Are you, you going to get maybe into the uh, into the Alcaraz box? I heard they're looking for somebody else to just help improve some of his. Uh, parts of his game maybe i'll go in and i'll go to the medvedev camp and maybe help him with his return of serve on grass no we can't listen we're good on (laughs) here we can't help anyone Uh, but one thing we can do is give some predictions so let's get the graphic up lesser medvedev he's gone and let's talk about these two so it is Djokovic versus adka the wimbledon final this is the big moment this is a gtl prediction time
So they played in the last slam. Djokovic crushed Alcaraz in straight sets. Alcaraz's body gave up on him. This is time for revenge. He's going to do it for Rafael Nadal. He's going to do what Rafa was unable to do against Roger Federer in 2006 in his first slam or Wimbledon final at the age of 20 years old. The parallels are there, but this one's going to be different because Djokovic is going to lose. And Carlos Alcaraz is going to beat Novak Djokovic in this Wimbledon final. He's going to stop number five in a row from Djokovic. He's not lost on the court from 2013, but he is going to lose in 2023. And I believe the sets are going to go just like this. Carlos Alcaraz comes out quick. He takes the first set, 6-4. Djokovic comes back, wins the second in a tie break, very close. Third set, Carlos Alcaraz takes the third, 7-5. If this actually happens, I mean, <laughs> if you're mad. Bet on. <laughs> Fourth set, Novak Djokovic is going to be up a double break. Carlos Alcaraz is going to come back into it and then everyone's going to think he's going to close it out and he does it. He goes tie break and he ends the tie break record and beats Novak because Djokovic, we know, the king of the tie breaks. Alcaraz is going to win this slam by beating Djokovic in a tie break and it's not going to be in a fifth set. It's going to be in a fourth. I've got Carlos Alcaraz to win in four sets. Vamos! Come on! God, you love them. You love a breaking record. Do it for Rafa. Do it for Rafa. <laughs> he loves breaking Save 24. <laughs> Stop saving things. Right. Well, that's his one. Oh, right. Now on to the real business. If you've been following this podcast throughout this tournament, you'll know if you want to get, if you want to come to a prediction, you know to come to me. Right. Let's get the proper prediction in. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Right. So <laughs> I actually quite like the way that you started it because I feel it's going to probably be similar to what you said. I feel Alcaraz starts fast and he will come out and he will win the first set. I'm unsure. Djokovic always seems to serve first, though, in every match. I don't know how he does it, but I think he'll be serving first. He'll lose the first set 6-4, I think. Second set, I think I agree with you. I think it'll be a Djokovic tie break. In the second set. Third set. I think it's going to be Carlos Alcaraz. And I think that this one will be maybe slightly more comfortable. I think it might be like a 6-2 Alcaraz in Ooh. the third set. Djokovic wins the next set. This will be just like a single break of serve. It may be like a 6-4, something like that. And then we go into the fifth. The big one. Everybody is it. We're already How many about hours on three, the cart? three and a half hours in by now. Everybody, they're pulling their hair out. People haven't gone to the toilet for ages. They don't want to miss anything inside the stands. This this last set, it's nip and tuck. Like it's going serve for serve. Then we get a break of serve each, and they break the other breaks back, and we go all the way down. Who breaks so first? Think, 
I think Alcaraz breaks Ooh, first, but then the crowd Jack, are going crazy. Yeah, the crowd and people are on their feet. There's Spanish flags being waved in the crowd, and then we can see Julie in the corner. She's going crazy, going, "Come on, Nole, we believe in you." Happy um, G runs on the court, and he's just up oil. He's got to take his top up. No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Djokovic, I believe, breaks back, and then just takes over in the last part of the set and manages to clinch it. I think it's going to be a 6-4 final set. Novak Djokovic wins Wimbledon in five sets. One of the most epic ones we've seen since 2019. Finally, Djokovic had a worthy opponent in the final, Ah, but he still makes it number eight, number 24, and five straight. Wimbledon titles. There we go. You've heard what GTL have to say. Let us know what you guys think in the comment section below and make sure to join us for this match. There's going to be fireworks. There's going to be arguments. It's going to be me versus Ben, Djokovic versus Adkaraz. History on the line. Who's going to win? We'll have to wait and see Sunday. But I believe in the young Spaniard. I know before the tournament began, I went Novak Djokovic and I said Adekalaz doesn't have a chance in the final. That's before I saw some of his performances. And today didn't just fill me with hope. It gave me an excitement and a feeling inside I've not felt since Rafael Nadal won the Australian Open. I'm going to end on that one. Make sure, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. And if you are watching before the match, we'll see you very soon. Hit him all. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>